to The Creepin'. I'm your host, Brittany. This is my co-host and sister, Kaylin. Hello. And we have all the kids in the house today, so... Sorry. Bear with us. Be warned. All it's the also things. like 100 degrees outside, so not really much we can do. Um, not gonna give our families heat stroke. <laughs> so, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Yes. Um... Yeah, no need to call CPS. Uh, Alright, and this week is episode number... Oh shit, 32. And we're doing some famous cases that um, Ed and Lorraine Warren investigated. Involved in. Involved in. Investigated. Investigated. Uh, Yeah, literally, our theme was Ed and Lorraine Warren cases, but... Obviously, the cases are, you know, they're like a piece of the puzzle. Yeah, I did two of them because mine were pretty short. Because everybody knows The Conjuring. So I did two ones that, like, you don't really hear of. But they were still involved in. And I did the exact opposite. I did the biggest one that they were probably involved in. See? And I did that on purpose once he picked it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I figured I'm going to do it eventually. Maybe I'll just get it out of the way. True. Um that and i haven't seen the conjuring or anything like that you haven't seen i first one is really i purposefully do not watch these movies so i didn't feel like it was in my duty to perform such an research on those the that topic i just i didn't feel like i was equipped enough for it if i haven't seen the movies um so yeah I don't have any creepy happenings, but I did watch a scary movie. I watched that malignant movie. Fuck that. It's... <laughs> it's not your tasted movies? <laughs> you know, I don't know what it is, but I swear to God, like, every movie after the first Conjuring, like, just has not scared me. Even the other in the con- other movies in the Conjuring series, like, they don't... The Nun didn't scare you? No! I, I heard that one was, like, the scariest one. No, the dumb. The, the dumb. The numb. <laughs> <laughs> the numb? <laughs> the Nun was dumb as fuck. Like, Uh-oh. I did not like it. We'll see. Um, My taste in scary like movies is Freddy Krueger and well, like, My Boy Michael Myers. Well, uh, well yeah, Freddy Krueger's, like, a, a corny slasher and Michael yeah. Myers is a slasher. But... Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, the storyline tried to be original, except, like, whoever wrote the storyline didn't do basic biology studying, so, like, once you figure out what's happening, you're like, I mean, okay, but that's not how this would work. But okay. Yeah. I mean, it. then again, like, somebody I kinda... talks telepathically, so it's like, there's already not yeah you know what i mean it's all paranormal as is but like i don't know i just i you know i kind of feel like the from the movies that i have seen recently like scary or whatever that that endings like you get so like like the suspect like suspense and then like the endings are just like what the fuck like why did you end like that you could have ended better i feel like everyone either adds like a really unnecessary twist yeah like right at the end and you're like well what the hell I mean, this movie didn't really have a twist. Like, I I had, like, called it in, like, three different... I was like, okay, it's either this, this, or this. And then Mm -hmm. one of the things I said happened. So it's like... It wasn't, like, a twist. It was definitely a more unique storyline. 
but it was kind of corny it was kind of corny like some of the acting was pretty corny they had like this woman who was like supposed to be the comedic relief and then i just was like finding it really strange that they were even trying to put that hardcore of comedic relief in this film i don't know no definitely not my favorite thing i've seen but whatever it was on hbo max i didn't have to pay for it so i did order a squad shirt squad yeah, and it has Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers, Jason, and then Leatherface on it. Oh, nice. It's my new favorite shirt. Um, but yeah, so. Well, on the uh, subject of scary movies about things, um, shall we dive in? Yeah, my nose hurts. Oh, God. <laughs> or have you had any creepy happenings, I guess? Yeah, I had to start kindergarten homework last week. That doesn't count. That's scary. As a paranormal experience. <laughs> no, I know. But no. Other than that, no. <laughs> oh, good. You have to relearn how to do kindergarten math. Pretty fucking much. And draw <laughs> the line. And circle the numbers. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, um, so I chose to do the, uh, the Amityville Horror House. Horror House. Amityville Horror House. I just, that sounded like that. I was going to ask you to clarify one more time. Thank you for doing that. (laughs) Amityville Horror House. So yeah, there's lots of like film adaptations to the Amityville Horror House. Um, But the most, one of the most recent ones is uh, with our man's Ryan Reynolds, which is kind of weird to see him in a not- Funny. funny movie yeah uh, you know and like i didn't know he was in an adaptation of it yeah and he's like viciously chopping wood oh yeah <laughs> i just want to see that with scene like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe with his shirt off i don't know it's been a long time since i've seen it but I'll go ahead and get started on the actual story behind uh the amityville house So, uh, in the middle of the night on November 13th, 1974, 23-year-old Ronald, Ronald, Jesus Christ, 23-year-old Ronald DeFeo Jr. killed six of his relatives with a 35 caliber rifle while they were asleep. His parents, Louise and Ronald DeFeo Sr., and his siblings, 18-year-old Don, 13-year-old Allison, 12-year-old Mark, and 9-year-old John. He later claimed that he heard voices in his head telling him to kill, which some claim were the voices of the evil spirits that haunt the house. The father was supposedly abusive and his mother was passive in the situation. Um, Robert DeFeo Jr. Robert, Jesus Christ, Ronald DeFeo Jr., (laughs) Uh, began using drugs and started lashing out his at his father, even threatening him with a gun. His parents decided to go ahead and like let him live with them again and were giving him like weekly money, hoping that it would help him get back on his feet and get his shit together and he could barely even like hold down a job. So one night he had gone to the bar after work um, and kept calling his house and no one answered uh he was complaining about the lack of response to some of the patrons of the bar so he left and then returned at 6 30 a.m yelling for help and that his mom and dad had been shot 
when the police showed up, he began changing his alibi multiple times from he was at the bar the whole time to a mob hitman made him watch his family die. But then eventually he ran himself in circles and admitted that it had been he himself that committed the murders. He was tried in court on October 14th, 1975, and his legal team tried to enter like an insanity plea, but the prosecution argued that he basically was just a drug user and he wasn't crazy. And the jury went ahead and convicted him of six counts of second-degree murder, and then he was sentenced to six consecutive 25-to-life sentences. Um, So after this uh, is when the Lutz family purchased the home and moved in December of 1975. They bought the house for $80,000, and they totally thought they were getting a frickin' steal. (laughs) Um, but they only lasted 28 days in the house due to the paranormal activity. Oh, shit. So, George Lutz had heard of the murders and, just to be on the safe side, decided he was going to call a priest in to bless the house. And that's kind of when a lot of the trouble began. Uh, the priest apparently was driven out of the house by an angry voice telling him to get out. <laughs> and he received... Um, stigmatic blisters on his skin uh do you know what stigmata is no but that just doesn't sound right so it is um markings or cuts or whatever in the form of like where jesus was impaled on the cross so on like your hands and feet so that's called stigmata like where the where he was nailed in Uh um so when you yeah i don't yeah they may have a name for it so oh, okay. that's what he means by stigmatic blisters. So he got like blisters right in the middle of his palms. Oh, Andre has one of those from doing the monkey bars. Not quite the same. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to lighten the mood. Come on. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah, this is a pretty rough one. Um, the priest had also warned the uh, Lutz family to not let anybody sleep in one of the upstairs bedrooms. That's where he got like the worst feeling. So they went ahead and turned that room into a sewing room. And then hundreds of flies started, like, uh, appearing in the room. Oh, like, that's fucking disgusting. Isn't it gross? Oh, God. Blech. Like, swarming with flies. Um, George also claimed that he would wake up at 3.15 every night, which was supposedly the time that the DeFeo family murders had occurred. He was always cold, and so he was continuously feeding the fireplace. Hence, Ryan Reynolds aggressively chopping wood. I just need to go Google that scene. <laughs> um, and his grooming habits changed, so he started growing out his beard. He started looking scruffy. Ryan Reynolds looking scruffy. Yes, oh, chopping aggressively man. chopping wood. Yes, you might as well just watch it for that. Oh. Um, I'm just going to skip to that part. Yeah, exactly. You just probably find that one clip on YouTube, and then that's, that's all you need to know. <laughs> then I can say I watched that movie. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, and uh, his wife Kathy, uh, her health began drastically declining. Um, so we're just gonna—I mean, everything just kind of flows right in. They were only there for twenty-eight days, and. So all it was was paranormal activity. So there's kind of no more background yeah. at this point. So 
it's gonna be just all the claims of all the shit that happened so do you talk about like what happens like where the house is at now or like uh, what's yeah. going on with yeah, it yeah oh, okay. just put a little bit at the end it's oh, okay. it's yeah uh supposedly um a sculpted lion came to life walked around the house and bit george oh hell no uh, he saw his wife, Kathy, levitating out of bed and then saw her, like, turn into an old hag. So he, like, rolled over in bed one night, looked at his wife, and she was, like, an old hag. Like, completely. Like, he said she looked, like, 90 years old. And it was, like, a flash. And then she, like, went back to normal. Um, they also saw the sons levitating out of bed. They would see red, red and yellow eyes peering into the house. Um, it's making me highly uncomfortable. Yes. Uh, their daughter claimed that she had a friend who was a pig named Jody. And George and one of the sons saw a pig-like creature with red eyes staring at them from inside the house while they were outside. Oh, good. They claimed to have seen cloven footprints that were left in the snow. Um... Kathy would develop red markings on her chest. A crucifix in the house would constantly turn itself upside down. The phones would cut out when they attempted to call a priest. I forgot they had landlines back then. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So most famously, green ooze leaked from the walls and the keyholes. Windows and doors were ripped from the hinges. Um, The garage door would open and shut itself. They would constantly smell foul odors and experience cold spots throughout the house. Um, There's a rumor that George Lutz also dabbled in the occult practices and would try to, like, summon the spirits of the house, which also might have exacerbated the haunting. Uh Uh-huh. Like, nah, let's not just leave these fuckers alone. Let's, Let's make it worse. Yeah, naturally. And so, uh, their final night in the house consisted of loud bangings and rappings throughout. Um, the children were terrorized and the furniture was moving around on its own. And that was the night that they said, fuck this, and got the hell out. Okay, I would have said fuck this the first 48 (laughs) hours, but hey. Right. To each their own. Um... So, 20 days after the Lutz family fled, a television crew from Channel 5 in New York um, brought a pair of psychics, uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren, who were, Jesus Christ, who reported on camera that the house was plagued with malevolent spirits. During the investigation, Ed was pushed to the floor. Lorraine was overwhelmed by a demonic presence and had uh, several um, psychic visual impressions of the DeFeo family covered in white sheets. And if you don't know, I guess we should have done this before we started, but Ed and Lorraine Warren, obviously very famous paranormal investigators, but Lorraine was a psychic in the sense of like she had visions. So she could kind of, like, communicate or mm-hmm. get feelings, but her main thing was she would have visions of what happened there. Okay, so she could Alice. kind of see. I, I mean, I don't know about that. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, so. Um, so people uh, in their research team had gotten some photo evidence of the spirit of a little boy on the second floor. 
And they also found out that a man named John Ketchum used the land to practice black magic prior to the house being built in the 20s. And supposedly his body is buried on the land. Oh, shit. They also found that the Shinnecock Native Americans used the land to house the sick and the mad. Uh, as in crazy. Mm-hmm. They just put all their angry people there. Like, yeah. Go. No, no. Calm down. <laughs> Shut the door. Bye. So the Warrens believed that the negative history of the land attracted more evil spirits and that both the DeFeo family and the Lutz family were affected by this. Um, obviously, the DeFeo family was, you know. Yeah. Like, so that, like I said earlier, like, that's why people thought that, um, that's why people thought that Ronald uh, mm-hmm. DeFeo Jr. killed his family. It was said he was hearing things, mm-hmm. is that the spirits there really did tell him to do it. Um, so, regardless of having famous uh, paranormal investigators come check it out and say yes you're this is haunted uh a lot of people actually think that the family was lying oh um their son christopher uh says that the haunting was real but that george was exaggerating the events Mm. um he may have made up events in order to make money from telling the story because they were in severe debt uh his lawyer and them, like they, their lawyer had like a falling out with them over uh, money, so I'm, I'm, they they weren't paying him. And after mm-hmm. after the falling out, the lawyer came out and said the whole thing was a hoax, and that he helped make up the story with George and writer Jay Anson, who wrote the um, 1977 book that was based off the family's testimony. Mm. Uh, supposedly nothing in the house looked damaged. All the hinges looked fine for them saying that doors and windows were being ripped off the hinges. And the neighbors never complained about any excess noise, uh, minus the dog was, the dog barked a lot. Hmm. So other than that, they weren't hearing, like, the garage door just shut it, you know, slamming itself open and shut, open and shut all the time, or people freaking Mm -hmm. out or whatever. Um, during the 28 days that they resided in the house, there was no snowfall in that time frame, so there couldn't have been cloven footprints in the snow. Mm-hmm. Who's to say? I don't know if there was residual snow from it earlier, because like when the ground is cold, it'll stay there. You yeah. know, it'll turn to ice, but it'll stay there. But yeah. apparently, there was no fresh snowfall. Um, even the priest came out and said that when he visited. Um, Nothing weird happened. He said he did get, like, kind of an icky feeling in the house, Mm -hmm. but that there was no voice that told him to get out. They had hired a um, parapsychologist named Stephen Kaplan, and he came and, like, checked checked shit out while they they were there. Um, But afterward, um, mostly after Ed and Lorraine Warren showed up to do an investigation... He came out and said, oh, nothing happened while I was there. The whole thing is a hoax. And then he wrote a book called The Amityville Horror Conspiracy. Mm. Um, But the Warrens held tight to their claims that the haunting was real and that Kaplan's book was just his way of trying to gain publicity for himself. However, Kaplan wrote his book 
saying that he thought that George and then having like all these other people like they were making a mockery of paranormal investigating. Yeah. And because Ed and Lorraine Warren showed up with a camera crew from a news station that they were yeah. making a mockery of um of paranormal investigation. So he said he was saying like I'm trying to take this serious. Like I'm really studying this shit. Mm-hmm. I'm not showing up here the fucking camera crew. Yeah. Um so that's why he wrote a book saying that they all kind of you know made shit up or um embellished on what was actually happening because they were trying to like he was saying that ed and lorraine warren were trying to promote themselves Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like this weird battle against like paranormal investigators and i got the same thing from both of the things that i researched is that they were just trying to make a quick buck and this is how they did and that's a lot of people's like arguments about ed and lorraine warren is the fact that they some people think that they just put themselves in the situations Mm -hmm. or you know like they um made shit up to just seem like see we fixed it or whatever yeah but what i guess like what a lot of people don't realize though is like ed and lorraine warren they investigated thousands Mm -hmm. of cases and have like a just a chunk of ones that they were like no 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 this is some this is some shit this is real and um so the fact that people think that these bigger stories are made up it's like they had tons of cases they went and figured out it was a hoax and just threw out Mm -hmm. so it's like why wouldn't you know if they were in it for the money like why wouldn't they have blown up more yeah um more cases of theirs why would they have been like no 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 this is we're gonna like keep quiet on some of them yeah you know what i mean you know only blow up but you know i mean whatever anyways so yeah so the warrens like held firm to the fact that this house was really haunted um george and kathy also took lie detector tests after they came out publicly and told the story Mm -hmm. and they both passed oh and um so one thing about lie detector tests i've taken one before and i think i've mentioned this you can absolutely control it for sure you can and so even like a lot of podcasts that I listen to, like they're so unreliable. Like absolutely, like, and they are. Like passing them, like you, it's so easy. I just feel like a caveman could do it for just sure. Kidding. <laughs> the thing, and I and do not get me wrong, I that's the whole. They're not admissible in court anymore. Yeah, because of that, because you can baseline your heart rate. Oh yeah, for sure. But. I don't feel like a lot of people are actually able to control it. To control the stress of lying. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know what I mean? And both of them? No. I feel like one of them would have failed it. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of issues with lie detector tests, and I'm not downgrading that whatsoever. I just feel like one of them would have caved. Yeah. One of them would have, it would have, like, George maybe would have passed. I feel like Kathy wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it sounds like all the people that believe that it was a hoax are like saying George was behind it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so lastly, uh, their son Daniel claims that that house ruined his life. Oh. And he still to this day has nightmares and he's like in his 50s now. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, I watched I'll a... I uh, that was some intense fucking therapy. Yeah. So I watched, uh, it was a while ago, I didn't refresh for this, 
like you know me i i always say i'm gonna watch shit and i never do mm-hmm. um but i watched it a long a while ago it was a it, it's a more recent documentary and he comes out and talks about it um i think mm-hmm. christopher and daniel both come out and speak about it um i don't remember if the daughter does or not mm-hmm. but basically they're saying more or less that shit was haunted yeah like, we did go through some shit we fucking hate talking about it but mm-hmm. like like one son says yeah my dad embellished a bit yeah the other son says this shit ruined my fucking life yeah i still have nightmares you know like i still have issues from this i hate talking about it mm-hmm. i'm you know he came out and talked about it as much as he could and then he was like i'm fucking done yeah like, yeah and i'm sure i'm i think daniel's the younger one mm. don't quote me but i feel like when you're younger a lot of things seem way more real. You know what I yeah. mean? Let's just hypothetically no. say some of it was embellished. Mm-hmm. And, like, if everyone's acting scared around you, you're going to act scared because you're learning what to be afraid of as a mm-hmm. little kid yeah. and you're reacting to what your family's reacting to. Um, so, yeah. So, the original original Amityville house still stands. It is... Um, they've... It, I'm sorry. It used to be 112 Ocean Avenue in Amityville, New York. They've changed the address um, so that people stop mm-hmm. fucking around and come into the house. They've re the. It's had quite a few owners afterward. Oh, okay. And every owner after nobody has reported any paranormal happenings at all, as far as we know. And um. It's had, like, maybe, since the 70s, it's probably had, like, four or five owners. Mm-hmm. Um, it just sold recently in 2017. Oh, shit. That is recent. Um, and I think it I think it sold for, like, maybe $600,000. That's it? Yeah. But it's been remodeled. So, in the movie, what makes that house stand out, it has, like, two kind of, like, half-dome mm-hmm. windows that makes it kind of look like eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been remodeled. They took the windows out so that people couldn't, like, wouldn't be able to find the house as easily. Oh, okay. Um, so they remodeled it. And uh, the Amityville Horror Set house also still stands. Oh. Um, I did see something that it said it was damaged by a fire. Uh, I don't know if that meant the whole thing burnt down. I didn't read that the whole thing burnt down. It's the poltergeist. But... The Amityville set house actually sold for like $1.6 million. So the actual house sold for 600000 and the movie set house has sold for like over a million dollars. Well, <laughs> I mean, technically, real deaths didn't happen in the, the set one. You gotta kind of play that into a factor when you're selling a house, especially with a house with that much history behind it. Yeah. I would just fucking give it to the National Register of freaking historic sites or whatever. Here. But what's a, what's, I mean, I guess it's historic as in it's built in the 20s, but I, I feel like there's a lot of houses that are built over yeah. 100 years ago that still stand that aren't on a historical you know aren't considered a historical site i mean and what the most history it has is those murders but uh yeah 
I don't know. I just want to Google who lives there now. I just want to be nosy. I couldn't, I, it, I didn't see any, like, it had a couple of the families listed mm-hmm. between then and 2017, but um, I don't think the um, recent buyer is um, public. Oh, okay. And I'm sure it's because they're probably sick of people fucking coming around and fucking off on their property, which I could totally understand. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that is the Amityville Horror House. And that is one of the biggest cases that Ed and Lorraine Warren worked on. And that's it. Dun, dun, dun. Nice short episode. <laughs> How long is even shorter? It's all right. So I did. So I kind of lied. I uh, did a little snippet of the conjuring but it's just like a little portion (laughs) i don't know which movie it is because i've never seen any of them but it's called the devil made me do it oh that's the most recent one i haven't seen it okay so this one is about i really hope i say his name right arnie cheyenne johnson um and he was a 19 year old dude who stabbed someone because of the <laughs> the devil the devil the end all done no i'm just kidding <laughs> the end um so it actually all started i put where did i go there we go it actually all started because of his girlfriend debbie's little brother and he was about 12 and his name was david or is david um he had started having frightening hallucinations and he would see quote a man with big black eyes a thin face with animal features and jagged teeth pointed ears horns and hooves and of course i could not spell hooves for the life of me um david would growl and hiss and he would speak of stabbings and deaths sweet and this is where like Ed and Lorraine like come into play and stuff uh, the the Glatzels which is the last name of David and Debbie would eventually call Ed and Lorraine Warren and they brought along three priests for exorcisms Lorraine Warren had said during one of the rituals Arnie seemed to sacrifice himself to save the boy so he opened himself up to let the devil in Oh, yeah. Oh, goody. Um, he had told the demon, quote, come into me, I'll fight you, come into me. And then <laughs> I'll be- fight you. <laughs> I'll fight you. <laughs> and then became possessed. Um, Debbie said Arnie began to see the demon, too. And he'd say he would see it and then have no memory of anything. Oh, good. Of talking about it, of hissing or... <laughs> telling the devil he's gonna fight him i don't i don't know he just wouldn't have a memory of talking about the devil got it um so debbie and arnie lived in an apartment above where the where debbie worked and they hung out with their landlord which i thought was a little strange but i guess whatever you know that's okay and the landlord's name was Alan Bono. Um, so 
on February of 1981, he was hanging out with, or Arnie was hanging out with Debbie and Bono and his nieces or his cousins or something like that. Like, just having a big old grand get-together. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so he at first had grabbed his nine-year-old cousin and wouldn't let go. No. Then he stabbed Bono, saying, the devil forced his hand. When you say Bono, I just think of the guy from U2. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm literally picturing Bono. him getting stabbed. <laughs> Sorry. That's right. It's not your fault you didn't name the guy. Um... But I read two different articles about, like, the whole stabbing. So I read that one where, like, the devil made him do it, you know. But the other one, the devil did make, you know, the other one, the devil made him do it. But only because Arnie and Bono were fighting over Debbie. And then it ended with Arnie stabbing Bono to death with a five-inch pocket knife. This had actually been the town's first homicide since the town settled 193 years before. Oh, wow. So it went 193 years without a homicide. Congrats. God damn. <laughs> Johnson was definitely guilty, and there was no question about that. He was actually picked up a whole day later. Oh. Oh, wow. <laughs> but whole day. his lawyer, Martin Manella, had a plan to argue that Arnie was possessed by a demon and therefore not guilty. Okay. Manila gave interviews and pled the case through the media, and he said, quote, The courts have dealt with the existence of God, and now they'll be asked to deal with the existence of a demonic spirit. <laughs> okay. But, oh, okay, there it goes. <laughs> so they took, you know, they went to court and everything, and the judge was like, Are you f- fucking kidding me? Like, no. Like, this dude stabbed this other dude. Like, no, he's guilty, and he is going to prison. So, Arnie was actually sentenced to 10 to 20 years in prison and was out in five on good behavior. Oh. Yes. I mean, how good can you actually behave if you stabbed somebody to death, though? Oh, I'm not done. Oh, My fuck. favorite part? He was fixed by praying oh. so hard that the devil left his body. Amen to that. And, of course, the story was made into a book and a few movies, one being Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. Yeah. Fantastic. But it was, like, the same thing. So, it like, doesn't... going back to, like, the little boy, like, I think they should have put more focus on the little boy, like, with what I was, like, reading and stuff. Um, they had another brother whose name I do not remember, but he was, like, none of this happened. Like... Ed and Lorraine made this up to get money. Like, yeah, they were called out or whatever, but whatever they said didn't happen and, like, tried to sue them, Mm. but lost. Well, like, how do you sue somebody over whether or not a demon is residing in another place? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that part was funny, because I'm like, okay, you're going to sue people for being called in by your family who but like just wanted as, this boy to be released of his demons. But, like, just as much as they try to prove that there's a demon, mm-hmm. like, like, 
what evidence do you supply for that? And, like, what evidence do you supply that there's not a... You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, like, it's all so, like, based upon people's, like, thought process. Yeah. Like, I am not particularly religious, so I don't know that demons actually exist. I think that there's negative forces and mm-hmm. positive forces. Yeah. But do I determine that between angels and demons? Not necessarily. Yeah. So, like, I'm not religious, so I might not think uh-huh. that, that a demon yeah. is possessing somebody. Yeah. But what proof do I have of that as yeah. well? As what proof do they have that there is one? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's but so like you hard said to, like... Earlier. Like, I how mean, do you throw that into the course? But, so. like, you said, like, negative forces. Like, what... What proof is there that there isn't a negative force surrounding this person's aura or surrounding this person in just like... Yeah, but what... Is there a legal definition for aura? No, exactly. No, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like no. how... It's like such a hard thing to like, I'm gonna sue you for saying my brother was haunted. Yeah. Like, okay. Okay, thanks, bro. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that case had to have been thrown out. I can no, imagine it, a judge going, what the fuck? Like, yeah. get, get, stop wasting they my were time. sued quite a few times, though. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, it's not true. They lied. So now I'm going to sue you for my family. And it's like, bro, like, your family's the one who called them in in the first fucking yeah, place. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Yeah, your your family chose this path. Yeah. Like, you could have talked him out of it, but you didn't. You were also eight. Yes. You know what I mean? Or, you know, you were you, a you child. Were, you were so, young. Like, what decisions were you going to make, first of all? Second of all, why? I don't know. <laughs> why? Your adult parents made a decision that 30 years later you're trying to rectify Yeah, through a court system that doesn't know how to deal with supernatural entities. Yeah. Like, you know what? Let me sue the demon that's taking over. You know, let me sue that guy. <laughs> you got a for, name for that demon? Like, come on. Sue him. You're going to serve him papers? Frickin- yep. Like- <laughs> yep. I'm going to sue him for freaking pain and suffering. Yeah. All right, what's your other case? Uh, so my other case is actually the Smurl haunting, which... Smurl? The Smurl haunting, which actually was the basis of the 1991 movie The Haunted. Who's in that? Yeah, I did not write that down, but oh. it's it's famous. It's really well known. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. So in West Pitson, Pennsylvania... The Smurls moved into a house on Chase Street. And immediately they're like, this place is haunted by a demon. <laughs> there, there de- there's a demon here. You, you ready? Oh! Yeah. Wait. Yeah, see? I told you. <laughs> oh, hold on. Wrong movie. Oh. 1991. Yeah. There's one that pops up. It's called The Haunting. It has Liam Neeson in it, but that's not the, that's not. I this think movie. I've seen The Haunting, or I think I've heard of The Haunting. I don't know. Anyways, yeah. oh, this one has Diane Baker as Lorraine Warren. Oh hey, and that's the only person I recognize. So that's okay. Anyways, yeah. So the demon caused loud noises, bad smells, had thrown the dog out the window. <gasps> Absolutely not. Yes. Yes, the first, like, when you look this case up, dude, the fucking headline is, like, a demon throws dog out the window, bro. Like... Sue that demon. (laughs) Sue it. it. (laughs) Serve the papers. Sue the demon. That's bullshit. That's our next sticker. Sue the demon. Sue that demon. (laughs) Oh, my... 
I'm trademarking that. <laughs> not the dog. Um, it shook the mattresses, pushed. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have headphones on when we record so I can hear everything, but sometimes it's a little muffled and it's playing in my ears the same time as she's speaking and it literally just sounded like the demon shit the mattresses. Oh, shook. Shake. <laughs> Shake. The mattress. <laughs> the Amityville whorehouse and the demon shitting the mattresses. <laughs> oh, um, God. Pushed one of their daughters down the stairs. See, I'm more pissed about the this, dog. <laughs> <laughs> this part threw me for a loop, though, bro. And I'm not trying to laugh at this. Like, trigger warning for abuse and sexual abuse. This one threw me for a loop. The demon would physically and sexually assault family members. There's I can, lots I, of cases I, where people I, say that. I feel like physical assault, yes, I understand. But the sexual assault, I am having a hard time piecing that one together. That one literally threw me for, like, it. I, I didn't know how to take that. There's a lady who is supposedly married to a pirate ghost. And I know, I read all about that. Does the deed with the pirate ghost, so I don't know. Anything's fucking possible at this, this is point. This Okay. He threw a dog out the window. I mean, I wouldn't throw anything else past him. Fucking asshole. So, in 1986, the family finally called in Ed and Lorraine Warren. According to Ed, the demon would shake mirrors and furniture after being persuaded... Oh, after being persuaded to leave by religious music and praying. So, this demon did not, like... Music or prayer. God is an awesome God. <laughs> From that commercial. Yeah. <laughs> he had felt a drop in temperature and had seen a figure in the home. And the demon left him a message that said to get out. Oh. The home was blessed by several priests. Some of which they, like you said earlier, they would visit and they're like, no, like, there, there's something there, but it's not as bad as you're saying. Mm-hmm. Or one of them was like i don't even know what you're talking about like this place is absolutely fine maybe he was a terrible priest i was gonna say maybe he wasn't a real one maybe but, you, weren't you, know. a good, you weren't a good priest who knows so there was like controversy against that because there were so many priests that went in and out of the house to bless it and to yeah try to persuade the demon to leave that some of them were like there's not even a fucking demon here yeah um Janet Smurl had said it was unsuccessful and the demon avoided the um, the blessings by moving between the home and would follow the family to other locations. So now here's my thing. Maybe you brought the demon. The demon's just fucking with you because if it's following, following you to other locations... Well, it could have been there already and then attached. This is... Yeah. I mean, that's possible. I mean, I don't... When... I I don't think there's a right time to pick up a hitchhiking demon, but... Yeah. yeah. Um, (laughs) So later in 1986, the Smurls felt things were better after intense prayers. But again, in 1987, they still heard knocking and shadows. And they eventually sold the place and left. And then they weren't followed anymore? Well, the next person that lived there has not yet encountered anything and has 
not yet reported anything of the such. So it right. either followed them, which that's what I believe, especially after being attached or following them to other locations from hiding from the blessings. Like, I totally believe that he attached and left with them. Yeah, sounds like it. Um, uh, but again, in 1986, the Smurls, along with Ed and Lorraine Warren, published a book about it, and they called it The Haunted. And again, more people were like, they're just doing this because they need money or they want money and like nothing of the sort has happened. And you're a fake. You're a phony. You're a phony. You know, all those fun things. But there is no proof of it being fake. Yep. I mean, right? Like your ability to prove one way is just as faulty as the ability to prove the other way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And that's the case about the Smurls. Smurls. I just like saying there. Can't they're believe there. they fucking chucked the dog out the window. So let's say the if, demon let's, did. They did it. <laughs> that they're like, oh, they're just making this up for money. That means a person chucked a dog out the window for and potential monetary gain that they weren't even sure they were gonna get. And pushed the daughter down the stairs. Yeah, and say, okay, honey, now tell the ghost did it, and we'll get you some ice cream. Like, you know what I mean? Tell the doctor. The tell ghost. the doctor that the ghost shoved you down the stairs. We'll get you some ice cream, and daddy's gonna make lots of money. Like, so you, like, that's definitely to me, and obviously I'm a believer in the paranormal. Uh, that's a thing to me saying, like, there's no way. Unless that person's a sociopath. The, the output for the return. Like, yeah. The odds are too slim for me to just chuck my dog out the window in hopes that somebody <laughs> believes me later on and then yeah. I make millions from writing a well, book. Well, my thing is, too, is, like, as popular as Ed and Lorraine are, especially by this time, like, dealing with the Amityville and, yeah. like, the conjuring and shit like that, why the fuck would you call in these, like, expert paranormal people just to be, like, shitted on? Just for them to walk in and be like, nah, bro, like, you fucking threw your own dog out the window. Yes. Like, and again, like I said earlier, there's lots of cases that they went and investigated mm-hmm. that were hoaxes. Yeah. Hopefully nobody else chucked their dogs out the windows. But, like, that's what you don't hear about Ed and Lorraine Warren is how many cases they were like, nah, this is bullshit. Yeah. You just hear about the ones and then... I mean, everyone's all the controversies. But plus, think them. about think about it in that time frame, though the seventies and the eighties. Mm-hmm. Like talking about the supernatural, like you may as well have just said either a I believe I'm doing the devil's work because mm-hmm. Ed was a self-proclaimed demonologist. Yeah. He was not, from what my understanding, he was not um, like Pope approved. Yeah. Like the Pope didn't give him permission to mm-hmm. do exorcisms. Like, he just decided to do it himself, which is what caused some backlash. But yeah. if you're looking at this from a just a completely religious standpoint, mm-hmm. this will all look like bullshit. Yeah. Because you don't want to believe these things are real. Or you don't want to believe that people are promoting it or writing books mm-hmm. about it or saying, hey, we got rid of it without asking the Pope. Yeah. Or what have you. You know what I mean? And if you look at it from just the standpoint back then, like, people don't, people didn't talk about shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? People kept to themselves a lot. People kept to themselves. Yeah. And everything was embarrassing. If you weren't just going to work, feeding your family, doing that, like, you were an embarrassment to society. So why would you talk about being haunted with people 
mm-hmm. openly knowing the amount of ridicule, ridicule you're going to get. There's a yeah. lot of ridicule you get from nowadays. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, like, that to me is proof enough that something was going on. And mm-hmm. then, you know, there's always going to be somebody that's like, no, this is bullshit. Yeah. Because there's always somebody saying that. I mean, look at everything happening today. Every, yeah. Somebody that's like... Oh, we have scientific proof of X, Y, and Z. Nope, bullshit. Cancel. Okay. All right. Cancel you know what culture. I mean? Well, not even just cancel culture, <laughs> just people not believing in yeah. basic science. So, of course, people aren't going to believe in the paranormal. Oh, yeah. It's not tangible. But that's it for my rant, I guess. Hmm. Here I am, ranting again. It's okay. And on that note... <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, to you guys. Well, um... We may or may not be recording our next episode after this just to get uh, a week ahead, but also these kids are... They're losing their shit. Losing their shit, so <laughs> uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, leave it here. So sorry, guys. No no nerd talk for you today. But... And have a good week. <laughs> Maybe two. We'll All right. See. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're either recording another one right now or we're going to end up with a week off. So... Stay tuned. It'll be a surprise <laughs> when I announce on our social, me- social, me- social media. Social media. Social media. All right. Well, speaking of social media, you can um, follow us on Instagram at the Creep in Pod. You can like us on Facebook. I can't promise that I'll post, but you can like us anyway. Um, uh, you can DM us your personal stories or any um, requests you might have. You can email us at thecreepinpodcast at gmail.com. You can go, you know, just like, rate, subscribe, like, give us some reviews. I'll send you some stickers. Uh, Yeah, I think that's about it. So uh, we will see you next week. Okay, bye.